Gaming on the Frontier. This is Trav. This is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of being grumpy, but for a good reason. It gave me the wrong type of ammo again. Get off my pentagram! Now you're going to need exactly the right type of salt on that, otherwise you're going to end up with all sorts of badness. So, uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about Bureau 13, and uh, our co-host, Jonathan Thomas, uh, is in the process of putting together a YouTube video, which basically is a um, a grumpy old uh, Bureau 13 agent who's managed to survive with most of his sanity intact, and who now wants to pass on some information to all them young, uh, feckless uh, <laughs> kids that that think that they know how to run a supernatural adventure. And he's going to be putting that on YouTube. So we thought we'd go over some of his talking points and maybe add, give him a little bit more to work with. I'm seeing it now. It's like if he's talking about GMs. All you kids out here with your Skype and your Discord and your Roll20, we had regular <laughs> dice and graph paper, and we were thankful for it. Yeah, yeah. You had graph paper? All we, all we had was, you know, was, was uh, you know, uh, tablets, line tablets that we had to put the crosshatch on. I had to chisel in our squares. Yeah. yeah. And, and and there was always that one guy who couldn't draw a straight line, so like, you know, the the squares would get all funky over on one side. And and our dice were made of real bones, so you were really rolling the bones. Oh yeah, yeah. And of course we gotta end it like You had dice, we had chips. <laughs> <laughs> this is turning into the four Yorkshiremen. If you know Monty Python, you know what I'm talking about. We're calling him old, but the character, he's already a developed character from from, uh, my campaign and from some short stories I'm working on. And I mean, he's my age. I mean, he's basically sort of an an author self-insert to some degree. So, I mean, we're calling him old. We're also calling me old. It makes me feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, (laughs) let's just... A rose by any other name, folks. A Mary Sue character. Anyway. (laughs) To some degree. It's like Daniel Stewart and... Yeah, okay. If if I'd had if I'd had a lot more stuff to deal with when I was younger, but uh, yeah, he, I do figure he's like a twenty year year old vet of the not twenty years old, but he's been in the bureau for twenty plus years and somehow managed to survive. And yeah, he's in kind of a a semi retirement basically because the bureau's like, I just don't want to deal with him anymore. He's such a just such a pain. Let's just give him a retirement. So yeah. So yeah, that's the idea. Great. So based on the uh, uh, the concept that we've been promoting for Bureau 13 for many years now, uh, when you become an agent after going through your initial encounter where you don't die, 
and uh, also don't go crazy and you get convinced by the team that's there uh, who usually kept you from dying uh, that it would be better to be a hunter than to be the hunted and don't you want to join the agency uh, you get sent off to a uh, uh, basically a one-year training program that takes place in a day because there's a uh, special place called Bangor, Maine, uh, which uh, exists in an alternate uh, reality, and uh, uh, which we lifted, you know, basically uh, from Nick Pilata's novels, especially the second novel, uh, and uh, where it's basically it's not an actual location; it's actually a pocket dimension, and there is a uh, time corridor where you can go into there and spend a lot of time but it doesn't time doesn't actually pass for anybody outside the time border so it's a great way of training people for a long period of time without actually taking them you know uh, off you know which has a lot of advantages one is is that you don't suddenly have to explain where you've been to your you know, your friends and family uh, for the last year Secondly, is that you can actually bring in uh, experts uh, in the things that you're trying to be trained in because those people are usually needed out in the field, but they can come in for a day and come in and, and help you out. Uh, also, it's uh, uh, if you do get hurt, there's plenty of time for you to heal up as part of the training. So uh, it's just uh, an easy way to uh, get people ready to go to the... Uh, uh, out into the field and pick up new characters and such. So, uh, and what we're talking about here is, is that you're supposed to learn a lot of stuff in that year. And we've talked a little bit about it in the past, but we're going to be talking about that and also some, you know, the what I refer to as the secret handshake, which is no matter what job you have, there's always some piece of information that is not written down it is transmitted from one, you know, one person to another, you know, and it really makes a difference between success and failure, and I refer to it as the secret handshake. Uh, so, uh, and believe me, I have, I have learned that so many times. Uh, but uh, do, do you guys all agree that there's a secret handshake to er in every job? Yeah, that stuff that you only learn from from people more experienced than you or just from doing the job itself for a length of time things oh no i i call them hacks i deal with them mm. all, all three of us here folks have recently gained new jobs so yeah we are all going through that in one way or another the three hosts here so you know so we're gonna talk about these in no you know in in, in no particular order uh but um uh, I do want to mention a few pieces of basic equipment that you have with you uh, at all times uh, as an agent. One is your phone, and your phone uh, looks like a you know I, I it's gone through various iterations and things like that. The last time I had it, it was a clamshell, so you could open it up and basically get a bigger screen. Now, of course, you can have as big a screen as you want. You can use a tablet, you can use a phone like a regular size. The point is, is that that phone. Hat is linked, you know, is basically gets bars always. 
So uh, unless you're in an interdimensional pocket somewhere, not in this universe, in which case the GM gets to tell you whether or not you could actually contact the Bureau. However, you can contact each other because you're all linked together. And it links to your uh, ear implant, it links to your watches, it links to the RV. So you have this network that's available to you all the time. Uh, assuming, of course, that you're not in an anti tech area or something like that. And it is primarily, it is technology. It's not magic. So if someone casts a dispel magic, your phone doesn't stop working. So, but, you know, and it also has a battery that lasts a very long time. Um, and we usually don't worry about battery power on these things. Uh, so the last thing that I mentioned is, is that uh, in my game, the Corelli detector is also built into your phone. So you basically have, you, you take your phone out, whichever one always seems to have in their hands, and you can be waving it around and, you know, picking up Corellian readings, and nobody says boo to you about that. It's just, you know, there's an app. It's running on your phone, and if anybody asks you what it is, oh, I'm just checking for Wi-Fi signals. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and stuff like that, because, I mean, supposed, the, the Corellian detector is supposed to kind of, it has two versions of it. One is is like a bar chart where you basically can see the readings for various crystals that are part of the Corellian detector. There's like seven of them. And um, and then there's another version of it which basically takes a reading of a single type of that over time. So you basically have a you know waveform kind of thing going on um, or something. So, but the point still is is that it's still your phone. And uh, it works like your phone. You can still call people on your phone. You can take pictures with it. You can take video. You can record surreptitiously. You know, I mean, it does all the things that a normal phone could do, including, you know, play uh, 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 Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, <you're, laughs> if you so desire. Okay. Yeah. The invention of the smartphone was a, probably a, one of the major boons for the bureau because now every like all these other pieces of equipment that usually had to be separate things so like again comparing to like the 92 edition which is the one i'm most familiar with now it's all in one little handheld device i myself don't understand why people have phones and apple watches but you know i'm, I'm supposedly there's some benefit i don't get it but all right anyways i i can see some benefit to it but it's not enough for me to Shell out for a brand new one. I'll, I'll find a used one on the market. Right. The biggest use I find for an Apple Watch is it explodes. So you can take it off and use it as a bomb. <laughs> you know, it's right there. You just hit a couple, but you basically tap a couple of things on it and it starts counting down. You throw the watch at, some, at something and then boom. Okay. Gaming on the frontier does not imply that Apple products will explode. Oh, no, Those not are, at okay. all. This yeah, is a Bureau wanna, 13 yeah. special. See, as John Ryer has made a big point in the past, is, is that Bureau 13 no longer, uh, generally speaking, uh, makes very few modifications to, you know, uh, it, they, they take off the shelf stuff and they just basically upgrade them or add a few things to them. But more or less, you're using the top of the line that's available and usually a little bit more, like, for example, the battery pack that is going to be from some relatively high tech, which is why it's always very important that you don't let things like your phone, like your laptop, or things like that fall into the hands of people 
who are going to go like, what kind of batteries in this thing? It's been running, you know, uh, 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 you know, for a uh, week straight. You know, a week straight. Yeah, <laughs> so, it hasn't drained. Yeah. Yeah. How come you always get bars? You don't want people, uh, you know, government agents especially stealing your phone, you know, and trying to, you know, to find out why. You know, and and also because you know. A lot of times the phone isn't as powerful as, as everyone thinks it is. It's slaved into the 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 uh, Bureau Thirteen computer. That's like a like it's it's like a supercomputer. It's on the RV. Okay, so you get that benefit of 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 stuff being handed off to you know uh, other computers on the network, so to speak. So your 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 smartphone is basically a dumb terminal. Well, it's a smart terminal, but it can be a dumb terminal. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the tech term dumb terminal just would be, okay, you have a computer, you know, monitor and keyboard and, you know, a tower or whatever, but it's part of a much bigger network consisting of a much bigger computer. Hence the term dumb term. I, yeah, refer, that's I, I prefer to. the term parallel processing. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's, we all know it's, it's what it can is. do plus anybody else's phone it can get access to plus the RV if it can get access to that too. So, yeah. So basically your phone is, uh, you know, is very, very powerful. And uh, it's probably a lot more powerful than anybody realizes. Certainly everybody in my game. So, uh and it's because it's, you know, it's supposed to be slightly, the game is, is played slightly in the future most of the time. It's even more powerful than the ones we have today. Okay, so it's really a hard thing. You know, the players and the GMs, what I think the biggest problem that a lot of them have is just thinking outside the box and saying, what kind of tech is really available? And, you know, because I know myself... As a GM, I have a couple of players that says, well, I'm just going to go and do this. And I'm like, well, how are you doing that? I'm just going to use my phone. And I'm like, well, you can't do that. And then they're like, why not? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, oh, yes, and, technology has advanced. Well, and, and like I said, I, I mean, I've been playing this game for a long, long time. So I remember how limited things used to be. So sometimes it's hard to bring my mind up to the present. And uh, so you should always try to, we had a whole podcast on this, you should always try to say yes when it comes to technology, okay? Because probably your, your, your uh, character should have it, okay? So, uh, but that's, that's my first thing that I want to say is that, you know, your phone, don't lose your phone. Your phone is, it, it can do an am amazing number of things, you know, uh, so don't, Think, try to think outside the box and use your phones more, um, and um, you know, and and that's that's kind of it. Yeah, that's because yeah, that's yeah. My my new job, they gave me a company provided iPad, and all my work related apps and everything were on that iPad. And if I forget to bring that iPad to work, I'm not at work. So yeah. If I forget, if I if I lose it or if it gets damaged. I'm out of a job for a while until they send me a new one. I'm not getting paid because I can't do my job. Uh, I don't know if I could do... I, I can't do my job because uh, basically I'm not allowed to use any computer besides the one that they issued me. It's not It's not a matter of like, you know, can I not brought, uh, download the apps and run the permissions and type in the codes and things like that. They literally don't 
consider any other computer to be safe than the one they issued me. Yeah. Yeah, because I've noticed mine has, I mean, it, it instant, because, I mean, it's already partially formatted when they sent me my iPad and it was VPN already on and, and every connection is, is through a VPN because, yeah, at least with my job, we have, you know, confidential information that doesn't need I, to I got all these control. USB ports on my, on my laptop. You know what they're good for? Nothing. Charging my phone. <laughs> no inf no information can be transmitted through those ports. They are locked out. Yeah, both both of you with your jobs where you get to use computers. Oh, I see how it is. I pull wood moldings for a living, folks. There's no computer involved in me either putting it in the bin or taking it out of the bin. Anyway. <laughs> it's a computer that tells you to do that. <laughs> yeah, see, but that's not... That that's way beyond my pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Jonathan, what's 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 your next uh, uh, your your most important tip you want to pass on? The most important tip is I think something we talked about uh, in the last uh, podcast, at least the last one we've recorded, is um, don't overlook the power of your Colorado RV. That is your home base. Even if you already have a home base, if you're like an embedded team that has, you know, a, a shop that you work out of the back of. You mean like a regional uh, headquarters? Yeah, that RV is still the, the main thing you're going to be using on any any investigation. Because as we've talked about, it's the, the hub for all your devices that connect to it. It is the, the supercomputer on wheels. And it's got all your equipment storage in it, it itself is a weapon. Right. And I, at least, I don't know if it's in there, but at least in my mind, I always have it that, you know, this thing is probably got some minor, you know, magical protections embedded in it as well. Oh, only in the sense that the uh, bathroom is supposed to be warded. So you can contain something supernatural in the bathroom. Right, because you can also use it as a panic room if you need to, I think. Well, yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> okay. For numerous numerous definitions of panic. Right, okay. Uh, I, but the point I, I always try to emphasize is that, yeah, so don't use it when you're going down, you know, to do your initial investigation where everyone gets to see your faces. Don't bring the RV along. First of all, it's huge and it's, it's, it's hard to find parking for it. And secondly, is because you know they're going to be looking for that from that point on. If you get if you if you if you tip your hand, you know everybody's oh look I don't know what these guys' names were, but see that big RV over there? That's theirs. <laughs> so don't use it as your primary investigatory vehicle. It's your base. It's it's what you revolve out of. But you shouldn't be using it to like you know go down and you know find a good camp campground nearby park it there coffee sh coffee shops are fine too you know like a lot of them have bus parking <laughs> so, some walmarts do right go in there say hey you know i need to uh, i'm gonna be in town for a week and i buy parking from you and yeah usually i think all they require is that you be a customer at least once a day and they'll let you park there indefinitely. Yeah. so yeah go and buy a soda every day and you're good Hey, if you're going to be outside of Waffle House, you are going to get scattered, covered, smothered. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, otherwise, why are you at the Waffle House? <laughs> mm. 
Uh, yeah, so I, I agree. It's, uh, it's you know, again, it's one of those huge pieces of technology that you should try to use, uh, but at the same time not, you know, try not to, um, uh, ex you know, ex put a big arrow at it, say, look, this is the most important thing they have, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't, don't scare people with it, you know. It, it is your biggest asset, Um yeah, it's your biggest asset, and don't be afraid to use it. But yeah, it's your biggest physical asset. The 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 biggest asset you actually have is your training, <laughs> which is what we're talking about. Which is what we're talking about. So yeah, so uh, so always have extra vehicles so you don't have to use your RV as the bus to take you to the various places that you're trying to to in, uh, interview people. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. In, in all my campaigns, the, the team would have the RV, but then usually at least one other character would pick up some secondary vehicle that, you know, usually some hot rod uh, sports car. I, I like throwaway vehicles that you get at, at, uh, at, at airports, you know? No kidding. Just go to Enterprise or... Yeah, know. yeah. Some rental place and... You want to be a government agent? You get yourself that Crown Royal to drive around in. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, being here in the Detroit area and having been around Detroit Metro, uh, well, if you're a flyer, you know it as DTW. Oh, no, there are rental car places on airport grounds all around. Yeah. You want a, you want uh, inconspicuous vehicles that... People wouldn't think first about them because, yeah, go to your, if, if you're in a, uh, on a case somewhere, head to the airport if you're looking for a, a incognito vehicle. Just go there yeah. right off the bat, and I'm sure that's probably something that would be put in your training. If you're in a, a new place, you're in a new city, you need a car to get around in. Go to the airport. There's always rent-a-car places all around. And if you absolutely have to have, like, specific plates for, for some backstory you're working up, you, you got the RV. It's got a document designer. I'm pretty sure it can also print you a license plate. Oh, 3D printer? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's something beyond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you may have to think about where, you know, where you're going to put that thing, but yeah. The inside of the RV has evolved over time, you know, I, I consider that the, uh, you know, the stove that turns into the document designer and, uh, uh, I don't know, the, the microwave turns into, <laughs> into a, a terminal for the whatever. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the entire front windshield in the RV could basically be a, uh, 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 a augmented virtual reality. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, for the hands-free driving, yeah. Well, a lot of people don't see it that way. They don't. They're like, you know, well, I'm looking out the front window. What do I see? And I'm like, yeah, well, you see your headlights and stuff like that, you know. And they're like, yeah. and they're like, well, what do I see with my infrared goggles? I says, you see a very cold plate of material in front of you because that's your windshield that you have the <laughs> air conditioning blowing against. <laughs> yeah. Says, whoa, but you know, and that's that's why you have sensors like that on the front of your vehicle, and they put it up on the augmented uh, screen on your uh, you know, projection on the inside of your your vehicle. Well, yeah. yeah here, uh, here's the thing, page fifty nine of uh, B thirteen OGL. 
hands-free operation because the driver often needs to multitask. The Colorado RV is designed for limited hands-free operation. Through voice recognition and eye motion detection, the driver can operate sensors, weapons, and even place a phone call without taking their hands off the wheel. Yeah, you'd have to have an augmented reality heads-up display type thing on the inner part of your windshield where you can still see the road, yet you have all these little windows and everything popping down, kind of like when uh, Tony Stark's there at Stark Tower and he, you know, flays his hands and there's all the files of the Avengers there. Something like that. And it'd all be on the inside of your windscreen and anybody looking in wouldn't see a thing except you looking strangely at your windshield as if there's stuff on it, you know. Or you're, or you're like, waving your hand around while you're driving. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, like, you know, manipulating files with gestures. Yeah. No, right. no, no. Yeah, like you're scrolling, yeah. Right. You know, and it's not like, I mean, and the vehicle can can actually, you know, do, you know, it's got, you know, use that AI to basically let you drive while you're distracted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it won't let you run into the vehicle ahead of you. Or it won't let you run off the road. Okay, even if you look over to the right, and it, it, you know it's not going to suddenly wheel off the road unless you tell it to. All right, you know, hard right. <laughs> okay, like okay. Oh, let's see. One of the things in the back of Bureau Thirteen OGL is an easy character generation template. And issued equipment, okay, the Bureau Standard cell phone, Bureau Standard sunglasses, FN Model 5-7 handgun, and a light undercover vest. Now, basically, it is a very thin, concealable, bulletproof vest that at, it protects the torso. Wear that as often as possible, because Bureau agents, the one thing that they are known for is getting into trouble at the most inopportune time and picking up and picking up stray bullets yeah yeah what what was the term that i used when i did the bureau 13 the talbots raiders that one of my players at gen a bullet sponge yeah um yeah i don't know i'd say bullet magnet but yeah (laughs) keep yet vest on learn to sleep in the vest just yeah, you need to be protected at all times because usually, yeah, Bureau 13 agents, it's almost like they attract trouble. And just keep that vest on. Keep the gun nearby, if not on. And there, there we have many jokes in the Bureau 13 about, you know, or like Bureau 13 Extreme. Yeah, when you start sleeping with your gun, that's not necessarily crazy. If you're a Bureau agent, you know what's out there. Keep the gun nearby and keep the vest always on. Because the Bureau can make it where you could wear it all the time and make it self-cleaning and where, you know, unless you want to, you know, you take it off for a shower or whatever, but keep that light undercover vest on. It will save life. Yeah, it's made out of plastic, guys. It's <laughs> So you can wash it. And, of course, it's going to be made of next-gen materials like Kevlar 2 spider silk, so it'll be light. It not Because, okay, normal, and this is my CJ training from half a lifetime ago talking. Kevlar, the bulletproof vest that you see in movies and TV, you know, the black and blue ones with the Velcro, they're great against bullets. That's what Kevlar's made for. 
You can get stabbed while wearing a bulletproof vest, however, unless you have the special plates in. These light undercover vests, yeah, they're going to be made of next-gen material like Kevlar 2, spider silk. Uh, this might even be stuff, you know, made in like zero G because we know the Bureau has like space stations and stuff. They can make, uh, devices that take microgravity in order to make it. It's going to be next gen level stuff. If you get into a knife fight or something and somebody tries to jab a knife into your shoulder or whatever. Yeah. Having that vest on will save your life. So that's my, my thing. Keep the vest on and the gun handy. Yeah. That just got added to my list here. Yeah. Okay. And if you're going into uh, into a real combat situation, trade it out for the combat armor because you know in the books, even the 1992 book, they had here's you know uh, here's here's your normal agent stand runner wearing his coat and all that stuff. That's and then here he is in combat armor with the helmet, the gloves, the you know the the armor with the big layer over top of it the knee pads the elbow pads oh no no it's that full swat level yeah yeah put it on i mean it's it's, it's to me it amazes me how often no one bothers to change their armor out whenever you know that that happens you you packed it's in the vehicle you packed it for crying out loud put it on and now i'm thinking of the Holy Grail bit, and oh no, in Bureau 13, there are things that'll make you want to change your armor, but anyways. Um, <laughs> yes, don't wear your armor when you go swimming. Uh, there's there's special armor for that. Uh, it's this, It looks like the kind of armor that they wear when they do the triathlon. Okay. So, oh, so like those body suits and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's breathable. Yeah. You know, we talked about that on, you know, Bureau 13 goes to the beach. You know, it's... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, it, it, you know, it, it does exist. It can be made out of Kevlar and, and other stuff like that, but it's made out of very specific materials. It gives you a fair amount of protection, but it also, you could jump in the water, jump out, the water drains out of it. You don't end up walking around with an extra 20 pounds of water on you for the rest of the day. Okay, it's very uncomfortable. Uh, it'll give yeah. you a rash in places you don't want one. Yeah. And, uh, and mm. speaking of that, Jonathan, uh, what's this about STDs? <laughs> so, again, this was a, a tip for uh, this little uh, character here. But, um, yeah, um, lycanthropy and vampirism can be STDs as well. And I did think of a third one that could be added to that, zombification. Oh, yep, you're right. That is true because those monsters would do their best to hide that fact in one way or another and then get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've seen the movie Dracula, you know, he does a whole. He's having sex with one of the character, you know, one of the other characters, and he like you know cuts himself open and the, gets the blood all over his hands and rubs it on her face and stuff. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's DD. Okay, it's yeah. obviously a sexually transmitted Or no, what, disease. what's the other term we can use? Bloodborne pathogens. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, right. Yes. And and werewolves, you know, it's, you know, it depends on your game, of course, you know, which, uh, but I mean, a lot of games, it's not just the bite, it's also the claw. A lot of people get, you know, scratched during uh, 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 intimate encounters. Yeah, you can get, 
you, you, uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. uh, Wolfen, that's, or Wolfen 2, I think it was, that's how one of the main characters ends up, uh, spoilers, uh, <laughs> ends up getting, getting uh, turned into a werewolf. Yeah. That's a 40-year-old spoiler, by the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, and then uh, I also thought about zombieism, but my my argument, and I I may have th- addressed in this video or, or not, but yeah, um, you could probably catch it from a zombie, but what are you doing with the zombie that that's the issue? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're making, what was it Habibi used to say? You're making some poor life choices there if you find out that you're with a zombie in that type of situation yeah. in that kind of relationship yeah yeah you haven't watched uh shawn of the dead oh we're i think i'm gonna go down to the winchester have a pint and wait till all this blows over right but they also had all these women these people that were being interviewed on television and there was this one woman whose husband had become a zombie and like she's being interviewed she says are you still sleeping with him and she says well he's my husband isn't he the only way that could be worse is if the wife were to say well, things in the bedroom really haven't changed that much, so you know. You know. Yeah, that's that's a whole that's a whole different thing. And we and we folks, are a, we are a clean show, so we're we're not we're gonna skirt this as much as we can. And folks, yeah. those of you who know me, if you say, "Oh, Trav, you're going to hell," I'm gonna look at you and say, "For that, anyways, Jonathan." Yeah, I will. Yeah. Put, I will say that. Yeah. This character will probably not be as clean-minded, so there might be some actual swear words in the video. I haven't decided yet. We'll figure that out later. But anyways, the point <laughs> is, is that, as they put it, bloodborne pathogens, supernatural or not, can be transmitted. And if you're using uh, Steve Woolett's uh, drama deck, which I use, uh, it has quite a few cards in it that says uh, a person uh, that you encounter uh, is very interested in you in whatever way you're interested. want them to be interested in you. So if you're trying to pull the James Bond interrogation in the bedroom routine, uh, that's going to work. But you may end up with a little special uh, bonus to that. Or what What they say in the one, a spot. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, keep that in mind, you know, and uh, because uh, this, this is a, you know, a modern game and you're a secret agent and, you know, things happen. You know, sometimes you are just like in, uh, you know, if you're somebody who's like working for the DEA and trying to find out who the head guy is, you might have to go and get shot up with a uh, uh, with some of the various drugs that the head drug lord has around to show show that you are authentic. Well, things like that can happen, too. Yeah. Again, it depends on your game. Uh, Obviously, this is not going to happen in a game where children are playing the game. You know, that's going to be at a different level. But it's the same time as that we don't want you to play the game in a way that doesn't feel authentic. So just keep that in mind. Uh, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, this kind of stuff, uh, uh, lots of normally protective uh, methods are not sufficient. So it's up to you uh, and uh, you and your GM. <laughs> to work that out okay so uh but yes definitely keep that in mind that uh there are things that uh, can make a big difference uh so you should be careful oh i got another one as far as things that your training should tell you and this is something i would tell pixie when 
and and those of you who know her know it's she'll spout off about something she likes and then we're like nobody here likes that josie know your audience and by that i mean do your research before you go into a situation now if again my mary sue character is daniel stewart co-leader of team candlestick the Michigan Regional Bureau 13 team. If I'm going up to the UP to re- to deal with a case, some cryptid up there, I'm going to have my team make sure they understand everything about that region. Not only the cryptozoology and all that, local legends, but even local laws, personages, gain a general uh geographical knowledge of the town you know main streets main landmarks research where you're going as much as you can so you kind of get the feeling that if you sit there and talk about well yeah i just came from you know the wapo house on fifth and you know connor and yeah you know they you know Susie, the waitress there that's during the day yeah she gave me an extra cup of coffee because we started talking people were going to believe okay you know this town you're local. I may not have come across you yet. And also things like, as I said, if you're dealing with a cryptid, research everything you can on that local cryptid. And we've done this before. Every state in this country has cryptids. We've done episodes on this. This was um, the last one we did was about three years ago with Chatan Noir, who is a cryptozoologist of the Great Lakes, a, a acquaintance of mine. So just go in, because the Bureau 13 template, you get free skills, knowledge arcana, knowledge religion, and knowledge civics. You know all the magical and supernatural stuff about the town, and civics would be all the laws, all the... Local ordinances. Thing. Ordinances. That would also be knowledge local will help a lot, too. Yeah. It's amazing how knowing the local health laws can help you get information from otherwise recalcitrant bartenders. Oh, yeah. If you have you use your document forger and you come in that you're from the health department, oh, yeah, well, you know, yeah, you know full well the bartender's lying. You pop that health inspector ID. Yeah, I'm not liking how that kitchen's looking back there, and you give them that look like you might want to start talking. If it's the middle of the of the business hours, you got a full house, and you can basically just say, "All right, you're closed down. Everybody out." That's a lot of money. This suddenly going to walk out that door. People tend to be a little bit more cooperative. Money talks, people. This is an old life lesson here. But be nice about it. Yeah. Always be nice about it. <laughs> and now I'm thinking Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Exactly. Okay. It's exactly yep. what uh-huh. I'm doing. Yeah. 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 Be nice. Be nice until, until it's, no it's time, time not to, to be, be nice. nice. Yes. Yep. But yeah, know your audience, whatever you're going into. And a lot of times you're in that Colorado RV, you're driving. It's often hours trip. If I were, as I said, Team Candlesticks, the Michigan team. It's about a five-hour drive up I-75 to the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Research rolls take 1D4 hours, and then if you're using the OGL, which Pathfinder works, it's a simple conversion, uh, you're adding, you're taking 20 on whatever rolls that you're looking up. So arcana, religion, civics, local, history, 
pop culture, all those roles, your, your people can be doing, okay, I took 20 on, on history. This is everything about the town. I took 20 on, on Arcana. Okay, this is all the cryptozoology stuff about this town and this site. Another way, another reason to use your RV because you can hack into all sorts of stuff and do computer research even while you're driving because the damn thing will drive itself. But usually you have more than one person in the team and it gives other people something to do. You play everybody to their strengths. That's another thing I would tell Pixie. Yeah, if you have, you know, the combat cleric, have them research, you know, all the, the, the supernatural religious type stuff and the churches in the area and um, that'll give you a general read on the people. Okay, people, and, and, and of course, this, these are not tried and true, but these are generally, I don't want to use the term stereotypes because that's a bad thing, but there are times that somebody in a Roman Catholic neighborhood is going to act a lot different than a Southern Baptist neighborhood or a Muslim neighborhood mm-hmm. or a Jewish neighborhood. You can get a feel for the people if you even research, use knowledge religion and realize, okay, yeah, if we play somebody who, you know, says these certain phrases as opposed to others, we're going to get in good because they think, oh, they're from the same type of church, just from another town. You know, if you're sitting there and you you use the phrase, God is good all the time, and they, they'll fire back, and all the time, God is good. You've got an in. So you research, you, you know your audience. That's my thing. Just research everything you can en route to whatever assignment you have and use the Colorado's RV supercomputer to just, and just pick its brain. Don't forget those online services, okay? Because I don't know about you, but every time I type in like a phone number, I want to know who called me, you know, it comes back and says, hey, would you like to know more? And, you know, for like six ninety-five, I can get like a full listing of everybody at a household, you know, their ages, their educational backgrounds, all their past homes, you know, are they married? People are willing to give you this information. You don't even have to go to the Bureau for it, okay? I I have access, and I pay for it monthly, and I pay for it gladly. I don't know if it, it's... I used it in Freak Fur out. The past few months, folks, my girlfriend's been on the on the podcast here. Fur, she's, she's in my groups. Anyways, uh, I have this online thing. I pay money for it every month. I found out she had a speeding ticket from 2007. She totally forgot about, how did you find this out? And of course, I'm playing, well, you know, it's the power of Travis. How I, finally, I had to break down short. She's like, you son of a, but I have used this. I have used this to help friends out. Okay, this guy wants to live with me. You have this. Can you do research? And you find, and Bruce says, you find out, um, oh, God, you find out about their, their, oh, they've had lawsuits against them. They have criminal records. Uh, they have outstanding, you know, this, that, and the other. These are their neighbors. Um, these are the people that they know. There is even one that, okay, how can I put this as delicately as possible? It even tells who is in that neighborhood that are on the website you don't want to be on. For such things uh. as eliminating waste in public, you end up on those websites. That type yeah. of stuff is listed on these sites, so you know who to be around and who not to be around. So, yeah. Again, we try to be delicate here on this podcast, but for the children. Who do you want to use as a local resource? 
Because if yeah. you, you know, because those people, I mean, you know, I consider them to be a lot of times victims, you know, um, especially after the fact, um, you know, they uh, might not not know that, might not want all their neighbors to know about this. And again, you can go and say, well, we need you to go do this, you know, um, and they're like, okay, fine. And, and, you know, if I do this, you won't tell everybody. And the answer is like, yeah, sure. We won't tell anybody as long as you do it. No, no, we will, we will use the word, we will use the phrase that my dear progeny Shelley said. But father, blackmail is such an ugly word. <laughs> yeah, no, no, bureau agents, it's, it, they're damn near authorized to do it. If some, because, you know, Robert Harrison, he got threatened with a tax audit he didn't join. So yeah, the bureau will do things like that in order to preserve national security. It's like, yeah, you might want to do this or this, and you hold up a tablet or this little secret comes out. Right. Oh, I see you're changing your tune. Yeah. Blackmail, extortion, these are just additional tools in the tool belt. Right. But then when you get to, after you use them and you burn them, okay, then you say to them, okay, here's $200 or here's $500. Get out of town and don't come back for a week. And they will do it. They won't be like, well, I don't have to leave. This is my home, blah, 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 blah. It's like, and they're going to be like, okay, all right, I'm going, I'm going. All right. <laughs> and you sometimes keep the people that you're using to shield yourself during an investigation and therefore exposing them. You're making sure that they get off to a safe place before, you know, it hits the fan. Uh, a lot of people don't think about that sort of thing. And, you know, after they leave, there could be a lot of fallout. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things you should be careful about. Um, I like your uh, the uh, uh, your the fact, and I and I, I will reiterate it as well that uh, every magazine your sidearm should alternate ammo, standard silver, which is the what we call which we call the it's not actually silver. It's we call them creature of the night specials. <laughs> they are pressure uh, compressed wood. Uh, with an uh, with a cold iron core uh, that's coated in silver. <laughs> oh, okay. So it works against vampires, werewolves. Uh, oh, and it's packed in sil- uh, holy water. Fey, yeah. Usually fey, uh, demons for sure. But the problem is, is it, it's essentially a, a um, an anti personnel round. It's it's not armor piercing. It's the opposite of armor piercing because. It's got all this stuff in it, and it breaks apart. And you want that to happen because you want it to stay in the body. If it's a bane, you want it to stay in the body of your opponent. But if you're up against people that are uh, wearing body armor, okay, or are not supernatural in any way, they're you know, then you know, more penetrating ammo like you would alternate with can be a big help. You know, so and most people that I, I play with. You know, they've got their weapon skills pumped up to the point where they're getting four to five shots around. So it's okay to do that. You know, maybe half your rounds won't do anything, but the other half might. But uh, it's just more flexible. Now, of course, if you yeah. know what you're going up against, you know that you need certain types of rounds, then fine. Put that into a clip. And yeah. clip it, but I'm just saying, in general, you're, you're walking around loadout for your gun should be creature of the night specials otherwise known as cotton rounds 
uh, and uh, regular um, uh, steel jacketed. Yeah, because, I mean, the whole point is, like, you don't know when the big bad beastie you're chasing and you haven't even identified yet might just decide to to pay you a visit first. The hunter becomes jump on the hunted, yeah. Yeah, so, have, you know, you want to be prepared for those surprise engagements. Again, keeping your gun handy and the vest on, yeah. Yeah, but then, yeah, if you know exactly what you're dealing with, then, yeah, you know, arm yourself, you know, matching. That would be know your opponent, know, yeah. know your audience, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the, the the cotton rounds are, are, are remind me, you know, Hellboy with Big Baby and the, yeah, these are big bullets, but it's like holy water, mistletoe, you know, like three or four things. He shakes it up a little, puts it in the gun. Yeah, that, that, those type of rounds. But the Bureau can condense them to where they will fit in a normal clip and you're not going to have such a <clears throat> ostentatious weapon. Right. Uh, yeah. Another very useful weapon uh, in regards to Banes, and I highly recommend that you use Banes as much as possible. We have a couple of podcasts on Banes, so I suggest you check them out, is a shotgun. Because shotguns, uh, they, they, you can use flechette rounds, you can use uh, shot, you can, you can mix it in like, you know, uh, holy, uh, you can't use holy water, obviously, but you can, uh, uh, but you can basically put all kinds of other things like, you know, different uh, kinds of wood, different kinds of metal, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can be blown out of the end of a shotgun that's not easy to blow out of the end of a pistol or, you know, revolver. I mean, let's face it. The the shotgun is the modern equivalent of the blunderbuss. Yeah, you know, is anything. Yeah, if if it can fit in the barrel, it can be fired. Oh no! A particularly na- um for you Western buffs, the movie Unforgiven, directed and starring Clint Eastwood, William Money, Clint Eastwood's character, shot people with a roll of dimes. There's your shrapnel for you. Coming out at that speed. Yeah. You can only imagine how that would tear someone up. Now, let's say you had silver dimes. Granted, they'd be that'd be very expensive shots you're firing. But yeah, your money. Yeah, that would tear a lycanthrope up. And if you're facing that that rare forest spirit that is only injured by this one particular flower well that'll work too have different kinds of ammo uh, and uh, uh, and if you do use a lot of banes especially liquid based banes uh, I highly recommend using paintball guns because they, Ooh, they have yes. a very good range on them they, uh, they they come like a hundred to a clip and you can go to town with them Get your CO2 cartridge and your goggles and just lock and load. Yeah. I have friends of mine who played paintballs. I've had other friends of mine that have been shot with said paintballs by said friends. Although the friendship momentarily is put in jeopardy when you get shot with a paintball by your friend. Not talking from personal (laughs) experience, but yeah. And you won't get arrested by the police for having a paintball gun. Though they might give you trouble initially because they might think it's real. Well, yeah, yeah. And so make sure you paint it orange. Yeah, you, you, all of us have read stories and heard stories about somebody has 
had had a fake gun and something has had happened to them due to cops not seeing. So yeah. But yeah, paintballs delivering liquid banes. Yeah, Bureau R&D will whip that up in less than a day. Have it there at your at a drop point. Well, there's stuff in in the RV that you could actually, you know, fill them with, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you could actually uh you can actually add banes to existing ones just put it put a needle in there and squirt in some Whatever, because it doesn't matter how much bane you get onto a monster, as long as it comes in contact with the monster, uh, you know the bane's going to have its effect, no matter how big or small. So, uh, which could be anywhere from slowing some, well, nothing, to slowing somebody down to killing them outright. So, uh, it can make all the difference, you know, between a monster that's literally unstoppable and a monster that just lays down and dies. Oh no, I'm 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 seeing it now. New bureau agents there. It's a zombie, a zombie, you know, mission, you know, small town overrun by zombies. We're going into a fight with zombies and you're carrying in a paint gun. Watch and learn, Padawan. Watch and learn as he's there injecting the holy water into each paintball. <laughs> yeah. If you don't think paintballs are cool, watch the uh, paintball episodes of Community. Ah. Uh, they, they make paintball <coughs> battles look fun. And awesome. And now I'm thinking of the song on the Funny mu- Music Project or the Fump.com, the parody of Don't Speak, Don't Shoot by Shoebox and Rob Balder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Jonathan, why don't you talk about money? Money. Well, working for the Bureau, you have your little Bureau credit card that also doubles as your command card, if I'm not mistaken. I yeah. believe so, yeah. Yeah. And so you have your own bank account, which is bureau pays. Well, you got to give them that. And you also have your, you know, um, emergency cash that the bureau will let you spend on uh, when you're on your missions, but you should have cash cash. Well, it's $5,000 per person. And if you have like six members of your team, you've got $30,000 to draw from. Right. Yeah. For a mission, you could outright buy a car. Yeah. And if you need more, just send a request and, you know, you'll either, yeah. they'll either give you more to buy something or they'll make it themselves. Yeah. So uh, for, for Bureau 13 OGL, they use the D20 modern wealth system. Your wealth goes well in the template says, okay, plus two for personal use plus six for person purchase of mission related items. Let me see what it is up front here. Let me get up to the, where is that? Well, the, the point is that, Ah, here it is. Um, You get a plus six added to your wealth due to the resources of the Bureau, as well as not losing wealth levels if they spend too much. In other words, if it's 15 or more on a wealth rating, you don't, your wealth doesn't drop one. The point is that, you know, you've got a lot of uh, funds available to you when you need to buy stuff. Use cash when you can. People will respond to you giving them money, surprisingly a lot. Okay, and not just bad people, okay? You know, good people. Sometimes it's literally you're greasing the wheels. Sometimes it's like, you know, uh, he says, I need this right away, and I know you're going to have to stay late to do it, so uh, here, how about 100 bucks? And they're like, okay. <laughs> and this is like, you know, I mean, you're not asking them to do anything illegal. You're just asking them to get you something right away that you need. You're giving them a great tip for great service. A rush order. Yeah. Right, you know, or, you know, if you... Uh, you, you're jumping out. You, you have to jump out of a cab 
you know, or an Uber or something like that because you need to go in someplace and you say, all right, here's, uh, here's 50. Just, you know, stay here. I'll be back in 10 minutes. They're going to be there when you come back. They won't because... <laughs> They, you're a good tipper, you know. Why would they go? Yeah, you know, I mean, you might be back with more money, right? I mean, or maybe you need to, you know, up that because I've I've gone recently. Uh, these, you know, I came out of an airport and it was like seventy five dollars for an eleven mile ride, and I'm like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so you might need to up that to like you know a hundred, two hundred bucks, and then they won't take that next job because they're making money just sitting here. So you know. Now, of course, if if, if, if thought, shots are fired, they may drive away. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's you know it, sometimes it can make all the difference having some literally somebody sitting outside who if the cops pull up say yeah I'm an Uber driver I'm waiting for a customer here's my license whatever okay fine, that's fine citizen thank you very much and off they move along and you come running out and jump in the car and go 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 and they pull away <laughs> you know and you know. I'm just saying is that it, it you know I I've talked a lot about leveraging the people that are around in carefully because it's one of the rules is that you're you know you're not supposed to uh, endanger you know private citizens you know unless they are directly involved in the case that you're you know, you're doing so you know but uh, yeah money's great you know uh, money money talks. And, and, and you can turn money into things that people really like, like watches and, and phones and uh, jewelry. Or for some of the seedier sides of town, alcohol, alcohol. cigarettes, drugs. Sure. You know, they're all cash business. So, yeah. You know, uh, but also, uh, I, I've had more than one person manage to get people out of a haunted house by coming up and says, hey, you know, welcome, you know. Congratulations, uh, neighbor. Says you just won an old paid vis uh, trip to Disney World. You know, here are your plane tickets. Here's your whatever. Uh, unfortunately, this you know this deal is only good for the next 24 hours. Uh, are you okay with that? And they're like, uh, how much is it? Oh, ten thousand dollars. All you know, uh, two thousand dollars in cash to spend, and the rest of it's in uh, various things like plane tickets or whatever. Like this is. Yeah, I, I can call in sick for a week <laughs> or, you know, whatever. No one's going to offer you that $10,000 vacation very often. So most people will be motivated. So, yeah, so leveraging that money is important. And, and I see so many people who don't do that. Agents are like, you know, they're, they, they forget that they've got $5,000 a person. And that's not the, the maximum limit either. Secondly, they have their own money. I mean, you can always tap in your own bank account. Uh, and third, the Bureau will give you, you know, access to various things if you need it. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, money talks. Do money. Okay. You know, if you have to spend your own money, you can probably convince, you know, your, and this is something I think we'll have to talk about later, but you, know, you can probably put in a, you know, reimbursement request for that if it's, you know, not too ridiculous. I had to spend this right now. Uh, here's here's how much you owe me now, Bureau. Yeah. Well, it, it's like anything else. If it's a justifiable expense, then they're probably going to go for it. And and I'm sure that there are people wondering who are going to ask this, but Bruce, Trav, and Jonathan, this is a government agency. How is it that they have all these funds where they can just throw money around like that? 
One word, folks, alchemy. When you have people that can turn lead into gold and leak it in a little at a time as to not totally shatter the world economy, you have play. You have money to play with. Well, not just gold, but it, I mean, I imagine the Bureau probably has access to alchemists who can make any high value rare metal. Well, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but basically the, the, the big you say alchemy and most. Oh, the philosopher stone turning lead yeah. to gold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but no, and it's they, not they, just that. I mean, you right. also have like trade with aliens. Getting, oh, yeah, that's know. how we got a lot of the tech for the Bureau anyways was, heck, back in, well, we didn't learn our first lesson when back in Bureau 13 Black Powder when it was, yeah, we gave them 1,500 tons of copper plating and some copper wiring, and they gave us a thing in return called a transistor in, like, 1892. <laughs> and the Bureau was just like, yeah, whatever, fine, here, trade, okay, we're good, you can go home. And they didn't realize what a transistor was back in 1892, but it would probably have jump-started Bureau's tech level even higher had they done so. But yeah, it just, between aliens and other dimensions and magical beings who, let's say, deal with places like the City of Brass, you know, the Bureau has funds. Yeah. The Bureau will never go broke. Safe to and assume I think that's that... Something and I think that's something they probably hardwired in over the past century to make sure that they have enough monetary outs where if one influx of money comes in and all of a sudden dies off, they've got three or four. Oh, I'm sure in this modern age, the Bureau probably also has their fingers in, in cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, don't worry about the, the, the Bureau running out of money. The Bureau's fine. Yeah. This is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.